Welcome to the Discover Uncover podcast series. I'm Todd Slisher, the Executive Director of the Sloan Museum of Discovery and Longway Planetarium in Flint, Michigan. Our mission is to engage communities on a learning journey in history and science. Sloan Museum is the caretaker of nearly 50,000 artifacts in the Flint region's fascinating past. Curator of collections, Jeff Whitcox, and our community engagement coordinator, Jerome Threlkeld, will take you on a journey back in time using the historical artifacts from our collection as a jumping off point. We hope you come away with a deeper sense of Michigan's history and how the objects and stories of the past relate to today's culture, customs, and society. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the Discover Uncover podcast series. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Discover Uncover podcast here at Sloan Museum of Discovery here in the great city of Flint, Michigan. I am joined by two wonderful people today, Curator Collections here at Sloan, Jeff Wilcox, and our Anishinaabe artist, Adam Avery. Hello, and welcome to both of you all. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Good. Good. Yeah, doing great. And... Really excited to be here in this section today. Well, I'm definitely excited. Jeff, we want you to tell us, how did we get here? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, right now we're in the Anishinaabe people section of Sloan Museum's New History Gallery. And honestly, this is one of my favorite sections in the entire gallery. And a big part of that is the relationship and uh, the partnerships that we built as we were developing this. We had started out uh, working with the Zebuing Center of Anishinaabe Culture and Lifeways up in Mount Pleasant, uh, Michigan. And, you know, that's the Tribal Museum of the Saginaw Chippewa Indian mm -hmm. Tribe. They helped us out with the content in this section. Uh, so they were kind of going through line by line and telling us what was right, what was wrong, what we needed to include that we had missed, um, all of that. Yeah, I was there for that. You were there for that. I was that. there yes. for that. And, I mean, it was like taking a red pen out was... in high school and said, nope, nope, that's wrong, that's wrong, and then replacing it with truth. And so that, and that was a powerful powerful uh, moment. Yeah, thank you. There was a lot of red ink. <laughs> to start with. To start with, yes. You know, but as part of that process, they hooked us up with Adam here and also uh, his partner, Ron Paquin, and they made a lot of the artifacts that were in this section. And so that was why I was really excited when we had an opportunity to invite Adam down here to talk about his work. Yeah. So Adam, how are you? I'm, I'm doing good. Feeling good. That's amazing, man. Tell us, how did you get started with the art that you do? I started really uh, doing this stuff for my family. Um, growing up, we had a family dance group, and um, we traveled all over the United States and Canada performing, teaching, you know, native dance, and also, you know, speaking about the Anishinaabe ways, you know, different crafts. Um, but I started doing beadwork at first so that I could make stuff for myself, for my regalia, mm -hmm. and then started uh, as an extension of that, doing it for you know my siblings, some of my cousins, and then it just, like once people saw I could do it, it just continued to grow and grow. And like now I'm completely, you know, sustaining myself and my family just by doing my artwork, you know, and making the things that I make and putting them out there for the world. That's awesome. I would love for us to go back. We'll get back to the actual works of your hands. But there's something that is, um, there's two things I want to talk about. One 
is you and our story stones tell us how Michigan got its name and how to actually pronounce it the Anishinaabe way. I would love for you to share that. And then I also learned that your family or history may be tied to the Flint area. So if you don't mind, you can just talk about those two. Well, the Ojibwe word for turtle is Michigan. And the, you know, the, the name of our state is Michigan. Now, in certain areas, regional dialect for the Anishinaabe, they swap G's and K's. So in one area, they may say Michigan, and another area, they may say Michigan, right? Okay. And then that just got manipulated a little bit. They dropped the long E sound, you know, non-native people trying to say it, and it became Michigan. But the, the name of our state basically is the Ojibwe word for turtle, Michigan. <laughs> and a little bit of history, like, you know, the tribes obviously a long time ago lived along waterways. That was their you know, main way of travel. It provided most of their food. So my family lived along you know, the rivers and the first intended reservation for the Saginaw, Swan Creek and Black River bands of Ojibwe was the Flint River. And the original intended reservation ran along the Flint River all the way to Bay City. You know, so it was a pretty large tract of land. Yeah, and in fact, you know, that's part of why if you come to the History Gallery, you'll see that we have this kind of stylized river on the gallery floor, and it starts in the Anishinaabe section. It's because the river is really what drew people here, from my understanding. Yep. Well, and it, it ended up even being for non-Native people, you know, it was their way in to the, to the state, but it was also their way to get things out. So the rivers became the way for removing lumber, mm-hmm. you know, different things. So... You know, the Anishinaabe, they say water is life. Yes. And it is. It doesn't matter what group you're from, they're all attracted to those waterways. That's awesome. So with our partnership with Zebra Wing, uh, Jeff mentioned that we were connected to you. We were also almost told that we had to go and work <laughs> with Adam and Ron. So, Jeff, you want to talk about that process of how you actually contacted them and and how we got these beautiful artifacts here. Well, yeah, as I remember, I think I reached out to Ron first. Yes. uh, Maybe. And, yeah, we just had a conversation, and, of course, it was virtual because it was early 2021, and we were in the pandemic times, and just kind of talking about what we wanted and, you know, what their skill sets were. You know, and Adam was able to make a lot of the beadwork, a lot of the clothing that we have in this section. Uh, Ron and Adam worked together on the teaching lodge uh, that we have behind us here. The canoe. The canoe as well. So what was your favorite of all the stuff that you made for us? I mean, I love doing beadwork. I do a lot of different things, but beadwork for me is my piece. Uh-huh. You know, so the bandolier bag that's behind us is definitely one of my favorite things. The men's regalia as well. Uh-huh. But um, I kind of made it a personal goal after working on this bandolier bag that I'm going to make at least one bandolier bag a year for as long as I'm able to do that. And I'm actually one bag ahead, you know, since uh, I did this project with you guys, I've all, I've already produced three more bandolier bags, three or four, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to continue to do that every year. So how long did it take you to get to the point where you're at now, as far as skill? I mean, like I've been beating since I was 13. Okay. Um, I mean, even prior to that, my grandma taught me to string up necklaces and things, but then At the age of about 13, I decided I wanted to learn 
more in depth so that I could make my own regalia, you know, and make it however I wanted. So I started learning to sew, you know, a, a lot of the things were self-taught. Like I just figured it out myself and then it's just expanded. And then throughout my life, anytime I've had an ability to learn from somebody, I try to take advantage of that. And that's how I came to meet Ron. Um, you know, I learned that he was a canoe builder and I approached him about wanting to learn to make canoes. He was actually retiring. Mm -hmm. And then I offered to help him do all of his harvesting if him and I could continue to do it together. And then, you know, me learn from him. And him and I have been working together now for 12 years. And he's 81. He's still doing it, you know. To me, Ron was 69 when he was getting ready to retire. Well, he was, I think he was 70. Oh, no, it was, yeah. It yeah. would have been right, yeah. That's, man. Yeah. As when I met him, he actually had, um, just before that, he had had a couple of bear encounters. So his, his wife, Whoa. Molly, was like, you know, I don't think I want you going to the woods. I, I, I don't want to go to the woods. <laughs> Just hearing about the bear. <laughs> the bears, look like, because they spook easy. Like, you can spook a bear. But, like, Ron, I've been out with Ron and uh, wolves, you know, come out. And, like, the first, Ron was like, oh, look at that deer. Because it was at a distance. And I'm like, that's not a deer, Ron, you know. And then he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Is a wolf, you know, yeah. but like, uh, yeah, so, you know, when you're in the UP doing that stuff, you're going to have encounters with bears, you know, wolves. I mean, there's cougars up there, you know, so you got to uh, okay, so be mindful. Let, let, let's go here. You said that you can spook a bear easy. I want the bear to know it can spook me very easy. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's something I would pay to see. <laughs> oh, big bear. Big bear <laughs> So Ron was on a ladder. Up a tree, you know, get, collecting birch bark, right? Yeah. The bear climbed up his ladder oh, and no. was looking around him like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> so the bear was curious. The bear was wondering what was going on, you know, like. The bear was curious of what Ron was doing. Yeah. He, okay. So Ron's on the ladder, you know, and he's got a knife and he's, you, you make like a slit in the bark so that you can check it. And the bear was just looking around like, you know, what's, what's he getting from this tree? Is there something up there? You know, like the bear is curious. So. Yeah. You know, it did. and then when Ron turned and saw it, he made a noise. Obviously, he was like, "Oh!" You know, and the bear <laughs> just bolted. Oh, you know, okay. like the bear was scared and bolted because it didn't know what was going on. This is know? good. This is good information from ever <laughs> chased up yeah. a tree by a bear. Just. But like right before I met him, he had two encounters like that. So his wife was like, "You know, I don't think I want you doing this anymore. You know, you're out there all by yourself." So then I started doing it with him, and we had to get permission from his wife. You know, I, we talked to, the, to Molly, and then Molly said, you're going to go with him. And I said, yeah, you know. So ever since then, him and I, I, like, I usually spend two to three weeks every summer up there with him, at least. And then beyond that, we've become such close friends, you know. That's awesome. So I was in the UP once. Oh, um, here, here it comes. Doing a training. <laughs> and uh, we went to uh, the client's house, and um, we were eating dinner. And all of a sudden, it got really dark. And he was telling us about, you know, the wolverine that was killing, you know, you know, animals and stuff, like pets. And so I'm already on edge, you know, because I'm from downstate. I'm the city. I'm, I don't like raccoons like that. So 
<laughs> so we're sitting there, and my back is to the front door. All of a sudden, we hear the door open. So I'm already nervous, and I turn around, and it's this big Marmaduke-looking dog. <laughs> dog let itself in at him. Like, how did it open the door? I have no idea, but they said it had done it before. But he came in like this, like real big, and I screamed. I fell out on the floor. I, I, <laughs> it was horrible. Well, if we do the canoe build, we're going to have to get you up there. With a camera. we got to yes. have a camera on you. No way. I have GoPros. We'll each wear a GoPro. You want me to do what? Go harvest with us. Oh, no. I, no, I just love what you all do. <laughs> <laughs> See, there are places you can go, and there's places I can go. I don't, <laughs> I don't think you want me up there. It would be so much fun. It probably would. <laughs> you all would be laughing at me the whole time. No, you would love it. You would love it. it like, it really is. Like, once you get out on the land, and then you, uh, you're doing the harvesting, and the, you, that forms a connection. Right? Yeah. So, like, a lot of people really, they, and they don't even realize that they're missing that connection. And then when you go out and you do that stuff, you, I mean, just if you feel it even just a little bit, it'll make the hair stand up on your arms. Look, I'm just talking about it, right? Yeah, yeah. And it'll make the hair stand up on your arms. Like, it's a beautiful feeling, you know? Now, but, Je Jeff did take me to the UP. Um, I did. Yeah, he took me to, to Kwamenam Falls. Oh, that's beautiful. And it was absolutely amazing. I mean, I talked about it for months, and it's still one of the most beautiful things I've seen. So maybe, maybe, Adam, you might be able to get me. But for a couple of weeks, I don't know, maybe a day no. or two. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we could just, because if you, if you went up uh, even just for a couple of days, you could see how we harvest birch bark. You could see how we uh, dig up the spruce root, how we do all that harvesting, you know, like, uh, we, we did that with these other communities, you know, very small, just a couple hours one day and then a couple hours another day. Not like we didn't make them do all of the harvesting. We just introduced them to it, you know, but you could do the same thing. And then once you see that, you know, once the people from these other communities saw it, they're like, we can do this, you know, we can do this. And then they start, you know, like Bay Mills is already planning their next canoe build themselves. You know, which is awesome. I so, definitely want to bring that, bring that downstate, the canoe build. Definitely want oh, to bring that here. Like people are drawn to it. You start mm -hmm. doing it. So we we did one um, a few years ago at the Bawiting. The kids come in and me and Ryan give them bone holes and you know they're punching holes in birch bark and sewing with spruce root. And uh, the teachers, you know, were like, I've never seen these kids that quiet for that long. Mm -hmm. But it's something like, you know, once you start doing it, the connection, you know, like even young kids, you, you don't have to explain it to them. It's just a natural thing. We did two canoe builds this summer uh, with the Bay Mills Indian community and the Sault Ste. Marie Band of Chippewa Indians. And then Ron also built another canoe after that with his grandson, teaching his grandson the skill. That's awesome. Just thinking about the bag that's behind, the beautiful um, under bag behind us. How long does it take to make? Those, like, depending on how, I mean, basically how I design it, I can spend anywhere from two to three and a half months beating one of those. The one that I did for uh, the museum here, the Sloan, I think I completed it in a little over two months. 
but that was during the pandemic. You couldn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting and beating like 12 hours a day. Okay. You know, so it was like really getting after it. For our listeners, what is the significance of the of that bag? Well, for the Ojibwe people, they were kind of almost like a sign of um, like like dignity or you know respect. So they started off, you know, mainly men wore them, and then women were allowed to carry them at first if they were a widow, okay. or if it was passed down from their father. You know, so, but over time, it's just become, like, now it's commonplace to see people wearing them at powwows. It doesn't matter, you know, if they're male, female, what age. Like, people are just attracted to them, and they love them, you know. There's been a huge resurgence uh, in the past just 10 years, you know, for people to go more toward uh, woodland-style beadwork at powwows. You know, when I was young, you would barely ever see a bandolier bag. Now they're commonplace. You go to a powwow, you see 40 of them, 50 of them, wow. you know, and it's beautiful. Well, we're sitting here behind this teaching lodge, and it is amazing. Where did this, where did the wood come from? The uh, UP, uh, Ron lives in the Upper Peninsula, so we do most of our harvesting in the UP. The poles are maple, maple saplings. And uh, the bark is cedar. Uh, traditionally, they would have used birch bark for a lot of this. Okay. But it's hard now to find a lot of, you know, big birch bark trees. When settlers first started coming into the area, you could take the bark off a birch bark tree, and you could remove panels that were 4 foot by 8 foot, 4 foot by 20 foot. Really? You know? So it would be very easy to cover a lodge with sheets of birch bark that big. Well, now it's getting harder and harder to find trees that are big enough to do that. So they're using uh, cedar bark, elm bark, different barks for the outside of the lodges so that they can kind of save the birch bark for other things. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, this is a very interesting piece for me in the gallery. I mean, for one thing, it's an immersive classroom space that when we have school groups visiting, they can actually sit inside the lodge uh, which I think, you know, makes the lessons that they're being taught, you know, a lot more immersive, uh, just a different kind of connection. Uh, so that's why we wanted to have this in here. Well, yeah, the, the, the thing I love about this section the most is the personal learning that I, I, I garnered from connecting with Zebu Wing, um, our, our family, our Anishinaabe family. They've given us permission to say we're family. And so I, just how we actually took the authentic approach and build relationships and trust with each other. I think this is community engagement at its best for me, uh, being authentic. Uh, we acknowledge some harms on our end. You want to talk about the NAGBRA? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, really this all got started with federal law, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act, NAGPRA, is what uh, they call it. And the basic gist of the law is museums are not supposed to have Native American human remains in their collection. And so we worked with Zebuing Wing in 2018, 2019 to go through a repatriation process for the remains of nine human beings who we had in our collection. Uh, they had been with us since 1945 when they were disturbed from a burial mound. And um, that's about all we know about them. There were children included with this as well. And so at the end of this process, it involves, you know, posting to the Federal Register, which is this federal site. 
At the end of this whole process, we were invited to participate in the recommitment to the Earth Ceremony. And that was kind of the basis of this relationship, you know, just kind of doing the right thing. Yeah. How has things changed for you since, or been better for you since connecting with us and getting all this beautiful work in this space? So hopefully, your, you know, your phone is ringing off the hook. And <laughs> it, it actually has. It's been crazy since I did this project. Uh, and the entire time that I've been working just off my art, this past year was like record setting for me, and I, you know, have been just nonstop. I have four projects going at home right now, you know, hoping to complete, you know, by the first of the year, pretty close, and it's showing no signs of stopping. My wife and I have been teaching in various Indian communities, um, Bay Mills, the Sioux Band that I spoke about earlier. Um, we're in talks with a couple of other groups right now, but we're mainly teaching regalia making. You know, we, we do a lot of different things, moccasins, belts, all the sewing, you know, the beadwork that you see. My wife does applique, uh, floral work and stuff. So now we're just teaching that to other communities so that they will have people in their, in their communities that can do that instead of looking for people or trying to find someone. You know, the, the goal is to uh, kind of set each one of these communities up to be self-sufficient, you know, and have their own people that they can go to in those communities to learn those, uh, you know, teachings. So, but it's, this past year has been kind of a blur, but it's been amazing in a good way. And we've formed so many great connections, you know, friendships uh, with people in all these communities. Like, it's just been unreal. And it's, it's really been uh, almost like a healing, you know, for, for our whole family. You know, because even even when we go, even our kids, you know, they're they're accepted into these communities. They're forming friends in these communities. Yeah. And it's it's just been beautiful. Adam, we just thank you so much for all that you've done, um, the work of your hands that live in this space. And if you have not had an opportunity to come and visit uh, the new history gallery here, Sloan Museum of Discovery in Flint, Michigan, you need to get here. You need to come and see the wonderful bee work and the wonderful works of the hands of Adam and his partner, Ron, and just come and get yourself immersed in this space to learn and have some moments of discovery for yourself. Again, we want to thank you for tuning in to Discover Uncover podcast. If you have some questions or you have a burning um you know, a uh, thing that jumped up for you during this time, we would love for you to give us a call at 810-237-3417 or send us an email at podcast at sloanlongway.org. We will be um, ready to listen and hear what you have to say and hopefully even bring it, bring some answers back to our next podcast. Again, I want to say thank you, uh, Adam, for being here with us. Thank you, Jerome. Uh, thank you, Jeff, for being the, the brain behind a lot of this operation. And thank you for tuning in. Have an amazing day.